0: Hey, it's your artist friend, Julia. I'm back. I missed you guys. We took a little break. (laughs) A summer break. We needed it. But I'm super happy to be here. It's been way too long since I've had my face in front of a microphone. And I've missed it. I've had a lot of thoughts I've been thinking about. Even though I've been on a break, I feel like my brain never turns off podcast mode. It's just a thing when you start a podcast. You just start. There's like a folder that opens up in your brain and you just start putting ideas there. So I've got a lot and I'm excited. Um, I wanted to say before we begin that I have been thinking a lot. Like I said, I was thinking a lot. Um, I was thinking a lot about this show and what I want it to look like going forward and also just kind of resetting a bit of my expectations around it. You know, this episode, as you will hear, um, we're going to be talking a lot about comparison, something that I have a tendency to, to do is compare myself to people who are way ahead of me on this path, (laughs) who have way more resources and time than I do and help, and I think I have to be at that level. And I've realized that I have been doing exactly that with this show. In case you didn't know, I, I think you probably do know based on the number of ads we have in the show, which is... You guessed it, zero. Um, that we don't make any money doing this. <laughs> Not yet. Which is perfectly fine. I actually almost prefer it because I feel like as soon as money comes into it, I feel all this pressure. There's deadlines, there's people who are counting on me. And I have a lot of other places in my life where people count on me. I don't I don't really need that here. <laughs> I mean, you I know you know what I mean. You guys count on me, but and I count on you to be here every week. Just kidding. Um speaking of which, like I said. I compare myself to people and I, I think there's a lot of podcasts I listen to that have weekly episodes and I, I really, really want to be able to do weekly episodes. But I was realizing that it was starting to become a chore and I never want this show to feel like a chore. This is my outlet. This is fun for me. And so I think I'm just going to be coming to the mic whenever I feel like it. Um, Sometimes this will be just me. Sometimes this will be me and Aaron. But it's going to be whatever we feel like. And um, I know that that's not a great answer because I think people like predictability. They like knowing that every week they're going to get an episode of their favorite podcast. And I want to be your favorite podcast. Um, But I think I'm just going to pop into your feed whenever and how much ever I feel like. So some weeks, maybe there'll be two episodes. Some weeks, there may be be no episodes, but you're gonna get episodes. And I think I've realized that some episodes is better than no episodes. And I would rather keep going at this than burn myself out. So bear with me as I continue to navigate this relatively informal, unsponsored podcast, (laughs) my friends. So what was I trying to say with all this? Oh yeah, that I think it's important pause like I don't I think we maybe um I am shifting my expectations for the show I'm not saying you all have to but I think I was expecting to keep up with those other podcasts that like come out weekly and have like like full hour episodes and done a ton of research behind them and and the reality is is that I don't got time for that (laughs) um I have time to talk about my experience and I have time to talk about, um, things that I'm working through. Um, but I don't really, you know, have time to like do crazy editing, um, to have like sound effects and all sorts of bells and whistles happening in this show yet. I'm not saying there won't come a time, um, where that's the case. And, um, I think if you have been listening for long enough now, you don't come for that. Um, I think the art for me is just in the talking and just in the you know, processing something that hopefully a lot of you can relate to and find comforting. Because I think that is my whole goal of this show. It's to share my experience in hopes that it will connect with you in some way so that you don't feel alone. A lot of this journey as an artist can feel very isolating. It, you know, is similar to being in an individual sport, if you will. I was a swimmer growing up, and it could be a very lonely practice. I mean, I un- was under the water. Um, I wasn't able to like always talk to my fellow um, uh, swim team. Mates, what do I call those people? My teammates, I guess they were my team because we were all a team, but it was weird because you all would, you know, race individually. But my other teammates, like we didn't really get to talk. And I sometimes honestly would even forget that they were my teammates. Like I would honestly um, like I'd be competing with them in practice. Like that's just kind of the way it is with individual sports is that you only until you get to like the actual race, did you realize that, you know, oh, we're a team. And this is going to sound really bad, guys, but I, I don't even think I ever even paid attention if to if my, my team won. I only ever really cared about, like, my own lane. Like, literally, I stayed in my lane <laughs> in swimming. Like, literally, that's what I did. Um, and I think, I think everyone did in some capacity. I mean, obviously, I wasn't really the motivation for me to become a better swimmer, which I guess I haven't talked about that a lot on here. I actually was a very competitive swimmer. And I was like a very competitive runner. Those were like my two things. I was, but was kind of been an individual sport person, I guess. Um, and I was a very competitive swimmer, very competitive runner. Um, I was on, I was on varsity cross country in high school. And I was, um, what was unfortunate was that swimming and cross country were the same season. So when I got to high school, I kind of had to choose which lane to pick. And I, well, I, I say unfortunately for a reason you'll hear why unfortunately i decided to not go with swimming i decided to go with cross country and uh found myself getting very injured the coach at the high school i was at was not didn't know what he was doing he didn't know how to cross train us and so i ended up just like getting all sorts of stress fractures and to this day i cannot run like i used to it's just my body there's too much scar tissue that's been built up from that. Um, And so, yeah, it's really unfortunate. Like I just had bad coaching and uh, I was great the first year and then I just kept getting injured. And then eventually I went back to swimming. But by that time, swimming is one of those sports that like if you don't do it, I mean, walking and running, like you're at least walking every day, but swimming, like you're not swimming every day. And if you're not, like you lose those muscles and that like muscle memory pretty quickly. Um, there's a reason that swimmers kind of practice like crazy. Like they do like two a days and stuff. It's just like, you have to get those reps in. Like you have to, it has to feel like, you know, it has to feel like walking or running, you know, has to feel that natural and swimming just isn't a supernatural sport, honestly. Like we weren't built for the water. (laughs) So, um, anyway, I lost like a lot of my speed and strength, like in the time that I ran cross, uh, cross country. And so by the time I, switch back to swimming because i just ca- i couldn't keep running because of my injuries um i i didn't make varsity anymore at that point i was too too weak and it took too long to build it back up again so anyway where was i going i'm such a, like on a tangent today <laughs> but okay the point being is that i never i was always so focused like on myself in those sports um almost for not for the better I would say for the worse. like I could sometimes be so focused on myself that I would lose sight of like the bigger picture and then I would also in practices lose sight of like my teammates being on my team and like I said before I was always competing with them and it didn't help that that the culture of swimming the culture of running is very much like you're all pitted against each other um and so i know what it's like to be a very competitive person i've been in those spaces um but i genuinely hate being competitive with other people i hate it it's like the grossest feeling for me i've never enjoyed it i've never liked seeing the other team lose i remember when i was younger i used to like I, I did do play soccer and stuff and i would genuinely get really upset seeing the other team lose and i would want to go up to them and be like it's okay like you know you're okay i just always like made i never like i couldn't even fully enjoy the win of my team because i would see this other group of people like sad um i don't know what it is about that but there was just something always so sad that it was like god i don't even like this like i don't i just have never been attracted to like the win and the lose, like it's so black and white, and I think that that's kind of where I, why I landed in individual sports, almost because there's such a spectrum, and everyone's their own person, and like every, there's a different um, event for everybody, and it's okay if you're not the best, but as long as you're in that one particular race and you win, like that's kind of all that matters. And I don't know, it just felt like more nuanced. And I think I could mentally like withstand that. And if I beat someone in one event, it didn't mean that their whole day was ruined and that they couldn't, you know, in their next event, because we always had different events that they couldn't, you know, succeed in the next one. Like I was just always like very much like not wanting, um, to, not that I didn't want to win, because like I said, I was I I just was always competing with myself. And in the times that I found myself competing with the other people on my team, was when I never did well. It was always when I would slip up, when I would um, maybe overtrain to the point where I wasn't doing well because I wasn't listening to my own body. Where I would, you know like I said, I would injure myself. And I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm currently injured. I literally, as I'm recording this, have an ice pack on my hand. You maybe have seen me on social media with like a brace while I'm painting and I've talked a little bit about it, but um, I'm feeling very frustrated because I've definitely have not been listening to my body and I have been um, over painting, I guess. I have been... Not uh, taking care of myself in the way I should, so that I can, you know, keep painting forever. I don't want to burn out um, like I did with cross country, and and not be able to keep painting because I get some sort of, you know, tear in my ligament or something like that. So I'm trying to really slow myself down, but it's hard. And you know why it's hard? It's hard because it's not so much that I feel like I need to keep painting. It's because I feel like I need to keep up with this like algorithm. (laughs) I need to keep up online. I need to keep up getting opportunities so that I have income coming in. I need to keep posting and it always needs to be new. And I found myself just realizing today that, oh my God, like I'm, yes I also, it's because of the work and the projects and the great opportunities coming my way. But a big part of this, this injury I have right now is from the same mentality that i had when i was not um, when i was competing in individual sports and i was comparing myself to others i am comparing myself to other artists on instagram i'm comparing myself to an algorithm that is just absolutely ludicrous and can nobody ever knows how to predict and i am going to run myself into the ground if i don't stop and if i don't just listen to myself And obviously, I'm talking about a physical injury right now. But I have personally experienced and witnessed other artists find themselves at odds with, I would say, this social media algorithm. Hence the title of this episode, The Artist and the Algorithm. Because I feel like art, in a way, has been put into a competitive lane that I'm not saying it, it didn't that, that didn't always exist. I think there's always been a level of competitiveness of individual sport like dynamics in arts and in painting specifically um, and comparison. but I think it's so so, and I'm not saying anything new here, but like tangible now and in your face and there's so much like jockeying and positioning and there's so much, you know, fakeness, like I'm even guilty of it. And it's not like I'm doing it maliciously, but you know, I repost my art. And so some people are like, maybe just seeing a painting I painted two months ago for the first time and they think I painted it today. And they're like, oh my God, how are you painting like five paintings a week? And I'm like, no, 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 like I'm reposting. Like I am not painting five paintings a week. Um, but there's like an illusion that happens, and you don't get the full picture, and you immediately can start to compare yourself. And um, I feel lucky that I'm at a place right now where I don't feel like I am necessarily comparing myself to others, but there is this undercurrent I just feel of having to keep up. Like, okay, like I need to just, I need to keep up. I have all these people who are waiting for new content from me. Like. It feels very pressing. It feels like there's people at my door just like waiting. And it's an amazing feeling. I'm so grateful that I have so many eyes on my work. But art, for me at least, is not about speed. Sometimes it's about slowing down, and sometimes the best work really comes from slowing down and thinking more critically and pausing and analyzing and when we are so obsessed with just moving on to the next painting we can't pause and think about what we're even enjoying about the process and when we lose that we no longer have an anchor in the process what are we doing it for who are you doing it for then you're just doing it for an algorithm. And let me just tell you, that is not a sustainable creative practice. Creating art for an algorithm, creating art, I would even argue, for other people is not sustainable in the long run. Some people would argue with me on that, but I'm just gonna leave that there. Um, There needs to be a deeper internal drive. I believe that firmly there needs to be i'm not saying that that means you can't make art that other people can connect to and enjoy but if you're gonna paint consistently for the rest of your life it cannot always be for the for the intent of seeking validation from other people and those are hard that's a hard pill to swallow because I definitely seek the validation of others. I, I love the validation of others. I, I love sharing my art and seeing other people connect with it. But I I will be honest with you, if tomorrow my whole Instagram was taken away and for some reason I was, we, none of us could be on social media. The like, social media just like evaporated. All of us were off of it. Um. I would still keep painting, like I would I would still be painting, I would still be finding a way to get my art out there in the world, like I absolutely would. So therefore, Instagram, social media, TikTok, all of it, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. And those numbers associated with this tool, um, you can really get bogged down in, you can really get obsessed with. and. And I'm not saying they're not real, I'm not saying it's not something that's valid to be upset about, because trust me, it feels very unfair sometimes. Like it feels very rigged and unfair, and it feels like there's so much like we can't control, which is a terrible feeling as an artist who's putting something very vulnerable out into the world, be putting it into a space that we have no control over. But I also think that that is sort of the beauty of it, You don't have control over it once you put it out there. And so to obsess about the numbers in a personalized way, is not healthy and not going to fuel your practice. Now I think you can look at the numbers and be like, "Huh, interesting. You know that po- that post where I did a voiceover, people didn't like it, didn't perform as well. But if I didn't do a voiceover and I just did all- and I just did the music, people liked that better. Like that's interesting to me. Okay, people don't like voiceovers. Um, but in that example, I think you could easily I could be like, "Oh my God, people hate my voice." <laughs> um, I am terrible at this. This is how embarrassing, but I'm not embarrassed. Like it's just facts. Like that's just like, oh, interesting. That's what the algorithm wants right now. Okay, probably will change tomorrow. Okay. I also understand how very unhelpful (laughs) it is for me to just say, stop worrying about it. Because as somebody who myself suffers with anxiety, I know when someone just tells me, well, just stop being anxious. It's like the it's like oh yeah, yeah I should have tried that wow like thank you yeah, I really hadn't thought about that <laughs> like yeah I'm just choosing to be anxious right now like no like I get that that's not always a choice like I, I get that sometimes it just you know snowballs and it feels like the world's against you and there's kind of you go into an illogical place but what I really I think what I'm realizing lately, Whether it's, you know, you're dealing with anxiety or you're dealing with, you know, comparison on social media, I think there's what's important is like there's a level of acceptance that like those feelings are there. Don't be ashamed of them. Don't, you know, push them down. Don't, um, you know, don't pile onto yourself any further than you already are about having these feelings because I know sometimes I get into the cycle of oh my god um, that person's so much better than me, and then I start feeling about feeling bad about how I am comparing myself, and what terrible, like, it gets into. You know what I mean? It's like you start judging yourself for judging yourself, and then it gets really meta, and you just totally, totally spiral. Um, so don't do that. But I think something that's been really helpful for me is realizing that. I can't necessarily change that I'm having those feelings, but what I can do is change the perspective. So I think what's really important, like I said before, is when I have started to get super obsessed with like the numbers and I'm feeling like I'm a failure and feeling like there's, you know, things aren't performing as well as I'd like them to, or people aren't liking this one painting that I really liked or whatever it is. I go back to what I was saying before, which is if none of this existed, would I still be painting? Yes. I I have a feeling that most of you listening, I, I hope your answer is also yes. And if it's not, I think maybe you need to look a little bit more closely at your motivations and more closely at um, what's going to give you meaning. It's not bad that you want validation, but I do think it's it's probably, if I had to guess, like not gonna feel as good in the long run, not as fulfilling. And you may just need to shift or pivot or find some other part of your painting process that you can find joy in again. And that's really what it is. It's just finding the joy in your painting process again. And when the algorithm or another person And there's so many outside factors that are going to get between you and the canvas. Those are always going to be there. You cannot always control them. But once again, what you can control is your response. You can control your response to those outside factors and you can shift your perspective so that you can have more time for what you love and what makes you feel good as an artist. Because the best art... I think doesn't come from a sad, depressed, <laughs> anxious place. That's a whole other podcast episode about the stereotype of the sad, dramatic, overly sensitive artist that I think is very toxic. I don't. I firmly do not believe that that is where the best art comes from, or at least I don't think it's where the most sustainable art comes from you want to be everyone wants to be happy like that's really all we want here right like we want to be happy with what we're making we want to feel fulfilled we want to feel seen and those are very normal basic things and i think so often this algorithm instagram social media whatever you know it is comparison essentially can really make us feel so alone and so unseen And it can cause us to, instead of paying attention to all the amazing positive things that this tool of social media, Instagram, whatever, brings you to just look at the negative. I was listening to a podcast the other day where an expert came on and was talking, she was, researches people's thinking, which I found found very interesting. It's like a researcher on thinking, huh? Um, She... Specifically, was looking at one experiment where they were asking a population of people, you know, how depressed are you this past week? This past week, how depressed were you? How many moments of depression did you feel? And of course, then those patients um, or those test subjects were thinking through everything that happened to them this past week that was depressing, right? Of course, that was the question. But then, in another control group, they asked this, like a, a similar group of people, or like a similar demographic of people, um, um, how happy were you this week? Um, how many moments of happiness did you have? And that group of people, you know, of course, now they're thinking about all the things that made them happy this week, all the good things that happened this week. And it's right—it's the classic glass half full, glass half empty thing, right? But they showed over the long run of like weeks and weeks of this happening that the group that came in every week and reported what made them happy every week became happier. Like they were happier, they were healthier, they were better. But the people who came in every week and just talked about what was bad, it, it, it didn't. It didn't really. They didn't. weren't better. And I find, I found this really interesting. I was like, oh shit, what am I doing in therapy then? But I mean, I think there. I think there is obviously a place for processing traumatic things have happened to you, working through details and giving them a place and a time and a space, like in therapy. But then I think it's really important to also have a space and maybe you can create this, whether it be in therapy or not, where you spend time focusing on the good, focusing on the things you do love about your painting practice that are completely not related to outside people not related to external factors but just related to yourself and your own feeling where do you feel the most of flow where do you where does that inner creative hang out i i have a feeling um it doesn't hang out on social media just a hunch i have a feeling and i think i think you probably if you listen to yourself you could figure out where it's hanging out and you can tap deeper into that be patient with yourself I I wish I could give every one of you a hug <laughs> and tell you like it's it's gonna be okay. Like this is a really hard path we're on, but it is such a beautiful path. You're quite literally, whether you're painting or you're a musician, I think a lot of you who listen are painters, but you are literally painting your own story one brush one brushstroke at a time, and you get to craft such a beautiful story. And what makes me really sad is the idea that something, a tool like Instagram could get in the way of that beautiful story that you're telling, could distract you from the beauty that is inside of you that you want to express to the world. So don't let it, okay? Don't. Um, Easier said than done. But I really hope that this week um, you can look at what is getting in the way for you and how can you create a little space from that not saying you have to get rid of it entirely, but how can you get, take some space away, take it's whoa, words, hard. <laughs> how can you put space between yourself and that thing that, whatever that is, that brings you down, that makes you second-guess yourself, makes you doubt yourself, and how can you make space for more faith in yourself, for more happiness, for more acknowledgement of the good in your life and the good in your painting? Yeah, I'm gonna leave that there. Also, it's been 20 minutes and I still have ice on my hand. I think that you're not supposed to have <laughs> you're not supposed to have ice on your hand for that long. So, time for me to go. Um, thank you guys for being here. Like I said, this podcast is not changing, but just like I said. My expectations are changing a little bit, so you can hopefully count on an episode from me next week or I'll just surprise you, okay? <laughs> thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode and you think somebody else could benefit from this little pep talk, please share it. Um, I really want this podcast to grow. Um, I really want to, you know, I love this community on here. It's, it's small, um, but it means a whole lot. So thank you. All right, talk to you soon.